Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through that noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Am I right, Jeff? You are so right, Joe. It's beyond right. <laughs> well, that's what I'd like to hear. I don't like to be wrong. I try <laughs> I, to tell you everybody. You know, Joe, you're never wrong, though. Thank you very yeah. much. We have, I have a list of people I need you to relay that to. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I was wrong in the late 90s. It's just the worst, <laughs> the worst feeling in the awful. world. <laughs> uh, it feels awful. Okay. Well, Jeff, we have a submitted question today. Uh, you know what's been fun about, uh, I don't know, I mean, maybe the last year, it's almost hard to remember the last time that someone didn't submit a question. Oh, that's cool. And so it's just fun. Uh, you know, a lot of these topics that come up, I mean, every once in a while, it comes up more conversationally. We're like, we should probably address that. Um, but so many of these really do get sent in and said, hey, I'm confused about, or I hear lots of messages about, and can you help us with that? So love that. Uh, today is uh, kind of two uh, two related questions for one episode, and so they're they're very very similar. Uh, kind of d- dive into these, and just kind of the caveat: they have to, a lot to do with kind of the Catholic faith, the Catholic tradition. And so our first listener says this: I've I've recently become very close friends with a few of my coworkers that happen to be Catholic. We often have discussions about our different beliefs, most of which are very respectful of each other. However, I find myself uh, locking into the history of the church and Protestantism as a whole. I've listened to various podcasts. I've read numerous articles on Martin Luther, who seems to be a sore subject for Catholics as he turned a whole sect of people away from Catholicism, and that of which was very obviously uh, much still alive today. I realize there's a lot of history on this topic and go very deep very quickly, but I kind of feel desperate for some answers as to, to why Protestantism is not wrong and in error as my Catholic friends believe, and further, how can there be so many denominations, and why is this? I'm finding it really hard to defend my beliefs, and I want to remain firm in them, but it's hard finding clear and unbiased answers. Mm. So, Jeff, yes. how on earth would we navigate that conversation? That's a, it's, uh, well, in love, mm-hmm. with gentleness, with respect, and in friendship. You know, um, the, the, the question, it, it's almost layers of question is, sure is. is what I feel like that that is being asked here. And one layer is the layer of uh, how do I get along with someone that I don't fully agree with? Mm-hmm. And then the next layer is, are they right and are we wrong? And then the next layer is like, what does Jesus say about all of that, mm-hmm. right? So um, so on the, on the friendship level, I'm like, have... Uh, respectful, patient, thoughtful conversations uh, with someone, and then you kind of have to discern in that, are they trying to convert you to uh, a a different segment of the faith, Catholicism, or are you just talking about the differences? Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the the things that I learned uh, years ago when I'm sharing Jesus with somebody is the best way to uh, get someone to allow me to share my faith with them is to allow them to share their faith with me. Hmm. And so um, I do that all the time. I get witnessed to more than you can possibly imagine. But I have a security 
um, I, I'm always uh, affected by people's sincerity. I'm always affected by uh, if they are thoughtful about their faith or thoughtfulness. But none of that is dislodging me. You sure. know, I'm not, I'm not wrestling with what I believe or why I believe it. So I think you just have to start by discerning that. I think the second layer of that is like, what do I believe? Is it right or wrong? And and I would say, uh, I would say that when it comes to the Catholic faith, I believe that there can be people who would call themselves Catholic who have a genuine relationship with Christ. If you so, if you said, "Do I think all Catholics are going to hell?" I'd be like, "Of course, I don't think that." You mm-hmm. know, there there are people who genuinely love Jesus, genuinely believe in salvation by grace through faith. Um, and and genuinely are pursuing Christ in in uh, in healthy ways. I would look at people like that, and I would say, I think that you have encumbered your walk with God. Hmm. Um, if you believe in Christ and Christ alone, and you believe that Jesus alone, not the church and not works, Jesus alone is the source of salvation then I believe that you can have a real relationship with Jesus and and be in a different tradition. Um, I just think you have encumbered yourself with a tradition that's not necessary. Hmm. Uh, and it for me, it harkens back ironically to Peter uh, when he and and Paul were having conversations about how if you're a Christian, do you also have to be Jewish? Mm-hmm. And how does all that intersect with each other? And Peter, ironically, was the one who was like, yeah, you got to be circumcised. You got to be Jewish. And Paul's like, no, you don't. It's salvation by grace alone. So I think that's one element of it. So I don't I don't throw by a long shot everybody who's Catholic into a bucket no. and say, well, you guys aren't going to heaven. But if you ask me about the beliefs of the church, the, the what Martin Luther did, and by the way, Martin Luther was not a perfect guy. No. <laughs> and should not be deified. No, not at all. Uh, or vilified, probably, but should not be deified. He had some real uh, personal issues and had some uh, things about his view of Scripture and theology that I don't agree with either. Um, and so that's why there's such a wide variety of Protestantism, everything from the Lutherans mm-hmm. all the way over to like a Grace Church and and everything in between, so to say. Uh, because we would not, I would not just agree with Luther, you know, down his 95 points. Um, but what, what Luther was saying, in essence, was this, if I was going to put it into his core, what he was saying was the Catholic Church is not the source of salvation, and it is not the source of truth. The Pope is not the so- source of salvation and not the source of truth. The Bible mm-hmm. points to Christ alone as the source of salvation and the Word of God as the foundation of truth. And so the, the biggest difference between a Catholic and, let's say, a, a Protestant evangelical, mm-hmm. which is the, the camp that we would kind of fall in loosely, is Catholicism is going to look at the Bible at times. It's going to look at tradition and uh, pronouncement of the church, the church said that if you're a priest, you can't be married. So we're going to look at traditions and pronouncement of the church, 
and doctrine and theology of the church. The theology of the church says that you have to go to catechism. A bibliocentric uh, Protestant is going to look to God's to the Bible, mm-hmm. and we're going to look and say, let's always refine what the church thinks or does based directly against the Bible. And if there is a difference between how one group or person interacts a part of the Bible and another group or person interacts a part of the Bible, we're going to still say that maybe neither one of them are wrong, they're just different, Mm. unless the Bible would be corrective in that. So some people are going to look and say, um, I'm selling everything that I have and giving it to the poor. Some people are going to look and say, I am tithing 10%. And some people are going to look and say, I'm going to live a generous life. And we would look and say, all of those are in the Bible. The Catholic Church and its history is going to look and say, if you don't give money to get people out of purgatory, they're going to suffer in hell. <laughs> and that's, that's actually the thinking that built St. Peter's Basilica. So if you don't give that, then your loved ones are going to stay in purgatory and we're going to look and say that's not in the Bible, right? Uh, so we're not we're not willing to accept that whatsoever. So it kind of depends as you get as you get deeper and deeper in the Catholicism and the Church and the uh, the history of the Church and the history of the theology and the doctrine of the Church, the papal statements, etc. Um, you're going to find different things that I believe are not going to align with Scripture. Theoretically, if you get deeper and deeper into like um, Protestantism, the the theory behind what Martin Luther was doing was you wind up deeper and deeper into the Bible yeah. itself and as a source of authority. That's a incredibly helpful and I think clarifying thing. Like it's not just about well we've always done this or this is what the church says. Just to summarize. Um, it's certainly not what the Pope says. Like, we're going to keep going back to Jesus, keep going back to the Word of God. That's the foundation. That's the basis. So every time all these other things are built on, they can't be seen the same, and that would be one of the major differences. And so even as you look at some of the then unique uh, practical differences, most of those are going to be rooted in, well, the Catholic Church established this at one point. The Catholic Church, the the Pope said this at one point in time, and therefore it became, we must do this as a church— and the the large swath of Protestants like, no, we're not building our faith and practice off of those statements. That's right. And and you just go into um, different things. Like, like um, we're going to look at a, a, a Protestant evangelical bibliocentric church like Grace is going to look at things like the papacy. And we're going to be like, we don't see a pope. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church is going to look and say, well, Jesus said on Peter— the church was built, and we're going to look at the scripture and say, Jesus was saying on Peter's proclamation mm-hmm. that, that you are Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. you yeah. are the Christ, Son of the Living God. The church is built. So we build our we built the church off of the the proclamation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And we're going to go into the languages, and we're going to go into the blah 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 blah, the history, etc. And we're going to come to that conclusion because we believe it's biblical, mm-hmm. not because we believe it's church history. Um, baptismal regeneration. So uh, when you're baptized as an infant, 
you become a part of the Catholic Church, and that secures a place in heaven. Well, we're going to look at the, the Scripture, and we're going to believe that baptism is a reflection of salvation, and salvation is something that you have to receive. It cannot be forced upon you. Mm-hmm. Why do Catholic parents have their babies baptized? Because they love their babies. Yeah. You know? So we're going to look and say, no, we think that when you're old enough to understand your need for God and God's what God says about you, you should respond to him. Salvation is through grace, by faith, not by a work. Baptism is a work. Communion is a work. Confession is a work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that all those things are bad. It just means it's not the source of salvation. So there's a fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. Uh priest and nuns marrying, you know, we're like, that's not in the Scripture. That's in doctrine somewhere. And we would say, well, Paul says it's better if you don't marry. And I would look and be like, right, I agree what Paul said, but he didn't say don't marry. Right. So it's a different thing. So that's the gist of it, is Catholic theology and authority... uh, has a value that we would say is not a value that we would share, and we would elevate the Scripture and say that has a value. Now, if you looked at Grace Church and said, um, but Jeff, you do things because you like them that way, I would be like, right. I, I'm not denying. Like, um, do you, do you, uh, can your church have a bunch of art in it or no art in it? I'm like, right, right. I'm not talking about that. Um, can you listen to music that's you know 500 years old or music like we have that you know could come off of your local pop station? I'm like, right, I'm not talking about any of that. Those things are preferences, mm-hmm. 100% preferences. Do you pray to saints? Is Mary divine? Uh, when you take communion, does it become the actual blood and actual body of Jesus? Well, those aren't preferences. Those are theological differences. And we would look at the scripture, and we would say that's why we cannot agree with those things. But my friend, who's a Catholic priest, who loves Jesus, understands the Bible, and loves people, is he going to heaven or hell? I have no reason to believe he's not going to heaven. I just think he's going there with way more... uh, weight on him that he needs to have. Sure. And and I'm like, you 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 missed out on a family and you missed out on the one or marriage and and I I tease him and I'm like, you're gonna get to heaven and you're gonna find out that it was just grace and grace alone. And he teases me back. He goes, Well you're gonna get to heaven. You're gonna find out you should have listened to the Pope a bunch more. But we're we're talking about Jesus and salvation by grace. I heard this great quote one time. They said, when you're evaluating um, when you're evaluating religion, you should look at the founders, not the followers. Mm. Okay, so you should look at the founders, not the followers. Now, in this question, somebody might say, if, if, I, if I ask the question, who founded the Catholic Church? Most people would say the first Pope Peter did. Mm-hmm. And a Catholic would look, and if I said, who founded the Protestant church, they would say Martin Luther did. And I would say, that's not what I believe. Hmm. I believe Jesus is the founder of my faith. Yeah. 
So I don't look at Peter. I don't look at, at Martin Luther. I don't I learn from them, but they're I don't think Peter's a saint. I don't think Martin Luther is either. I don't deify them. I don't think Mary is. I learn from them. I believe Peter was an apostle. Sure. And so the Holy Spirit moved him along to write the Word of God. But I go back to Jesus, and I'm mm-hmm. like, what did Jesus do and what didn't he do? Mm-hmm. And people will say, well, he didn't marry. I'm like, but he didn't forbid it. You know, he also didn't fly in an airplane. So, Well, I mean, Peter was married. Yeah, Peter was married, had a family, a mother-in-law. Yeah, and, and, and all of the apostles probably were, even the apostle Paul. So it would hint toward that way. So it, it's, I, would just, I would just go back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is there, I have Catholic friends who would say, I also go back to Jesus, and I found salvation by grace through faith. I have Orthodox friends that way, Lutheran friends that way, Charismatic friends that way. And I'm like, I got you. And if, if, if that's what you believe and that's what you've accepted, um, then I just think you're carrying more weight than you need. Mm-hmm. And they would probably look back at me and say, Jeff, we don't think you're carrying enough. I'm like, okay. Um, we agree to disagree, uh, but our eyes are on Jesus. They're not on tradition, they're not on theology, and they're not on another human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that the Pope speaks directly from God. I don't believe Jeff does either. I believe Jeff's job is to teach you the words of God, which are directly from God. And those are great distinctions, um, because none of those people that you mentioned that we'll see one day in heaven got to heaven any other way than the faith that they have in Christ because of what he did. Regardless of what else they might have thought they needed to do, if they had faith in Jesus and what he already did on the cross and his resurrection, that's what made it happen. That, that's right. And, and the early church would have mixed that all up with Judaism. Sure. Uh, the church, in, the, in, in some ways, Catholicism was an attempt to, to purify Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the medieval church, like the, the medieval church into the Renaissance church, like why, why was there stained glass and why so much art? Why? Well, first of all, the people were illiterate. So stained glass has its roots in explaining the Bible to people. Mm-hmm. It's just not sacred. It, it, it was a tool to it. And what about the cathedrals? I'm like, I don't know. Like, if you're trying to honor God, um, I don't actually think they had that all wrong. I, but you don't worship a building. Right. And now what you would have, like, I'm talking about, like, Europe. Like, now what you would have is cathedrals built to Christ that are void of Christ. Mm-hmm. Where's the people? So when Jesus comes along and the Apostle Peter and others, and they're like, the building is the people, the church is the people, the holy nation is the people, which is a reference to Judaism. Uh, The building of God is not a building, it's the people. So we would just look at the Word of God, and we would interpret that differently. Like if you said uh, to Grace Church, in fact, we just did a podcast, and why don't we have artifacts and statues Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? And I'd be like, yeah, we're just trying to stay warm. Like, you know, we want the building to—we don't want it to dishonor God. We don't feel any need for it to be fancy because we think the people are the church. The building is a place for us to gather from the weather Mm -hmm. or to serve our community from. Sure. We don't think of it as sacred. Yeah. We're just grateful for it. It's a tool, not a trophy. So that's—it's all rooted in this. And you have in uh, your—in the notes, like this— the solace, the the scripture alone, and this is kind of the root of it. 
Scripture alone is authority for faith and practice, that the Bible is the standard. Salvation by grace alone, not by any works, but it's a gift of God. Salvation by faith alone, not by works, but the righteousness Christ has imputed or given to us. Um, In Christ alone, no one or nothing else can save us. For the glory of God alone, we magnify God or Jesus in all that we do. And I'm like, that's the soul of Protestantism. Everything else I would talk to you about, Mm -hmm. or you may practice differently. And what I'm saying is I think anyone who accepts those five things, as far as I could tell, it would be a follower of Jesus. You might wrap it in Catholicism. I'm like, it's just not necessary. I think what's hard about that is I think for in Catholicism, a lot of times the more you study what the not what the individual who I'm talking about, but what the church believes. Um, you might find that it's hard to believe what the church believes. And even like my friend who's a priest, um, the Pope will come out with an edict, and he's like, eh, well. <laughs> you know, he, he's not actually practicing 100%. And, and you'll find that he's got some openness in those mm-hmm. areas. So I would just say to our, our friend who, who wrote in, our friends who wrote in, I would say interact with the individual. If it turns into an argument, drop it. You know, don't, don't break a relationship over this. Um, if there's a lostness, if, if there's a, I think I'm going to heaven because I got baptized and, that's, and I'm done, then I would press into that and share Jesus more closely. Um, I would just do everything that I could to preserve a relationship um, and if you believe that they believe that it's salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone, I and you've like kind of affirmed that, I'm like, okay, this you kind of live with that one. If you do not believe that, then you keep sharing the, the true hope of, of who Christ is. Yeah. Now, I'd like to do kind of a, a cap here at the end to kind of address another question related to this. As a matter of fact, you hinted at a lot of principles that engage this question as well. But could you add just a little bit of clarity specifically? We had another uh, listener write in asking for explanation on, like, the difference between um, communion and the Eucharist, Um, the Catholic believing that the bread and the cup, um, they become the actual, the real flesh of Christ, the real blood of Christ, whereas um, those that are not Catholic uh, would not have that belief. It would be symbolic. Can you add any clarity to that, just kind of as a, a closer on why that's so important? It's it's so important because it's it's really what Jesus laid out in Scripture. Jesus is the one who made it a metaphor and an illustration, not us. Hmm. So it was at that Last Supper, he took the wine and drank it, and he's, he's like, this is my wine. He's a metaphor. This mm-hmm. is my blood. Drink it remembers me. And then he broke the bread. This is my body. Um, if Jesus wanted that to be literal, he was there. Right. So he he would have bled, you know, cut his hand or whatever, and then he would have, I don't know, somehow had you take a bite of his flesh. It's just not what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So the the Eucharist and the 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 miracle. The, the thought is that when the priest prays, there's a miracle that happens. It becomes the actual body, the actual blood of of Jesus, uh, we would just, in Protestantism and in, in Grace Church, we would, be, we would just be like, no, it, it's 
wine and bread. It's a symbol of, uh, of what God has done, and it's a, it's a reminder that he put in place so that we remember his death until he comes back. He, Jesus wants us to keep his death in front of us because it's the source of our salvation. It's, it's a little bit ironic. Jesus does not ask us to remember his birth. I'm not saying it's negative. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's actually not a directive. He does direct us to remember his death. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is this blood, my death and your life are intertwined. That's why we drink the wine. Mm-hmm. That These two things go together, your life and my death, and I'm a part of you. And it's why we eat the bread. My broken body and your life are completely intertwined. And so Christ becomes a part of us, his death, his resurrection. That's what baptism symbolizes. It symbolizes baptism is not uh, there for salvation. If that was the case, then uh, Grace Church would stop trying to reach people through sports ministry, and we would just like get an arsenal. Because if I, it, that's literally the Crusades. If I can point a sword at you, and make you get baptized so you could go to heaven? Well, if I actually believe that, I would buy swords out of love. We'd build a swimming pool, not a gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we want people to go to heaven. We would force people to get baptized. Mm-hmm. So that's just not what it is. Baptism is a symbol of the my death in, in, the, in the Father, my death in the Son, my death in the Holy Spirit, and then my resurrection to life from the Father and life through the Son and life in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are metaphors. Um, when Jesus calls the, the, the church a holy nation, he's not saying that we should fly the Christian flag and attack Canada. <laughs> he's like, no, think of you're, you're a unique people, a called out people. When Jesus says that the church is his bride, we're not all walking around in white. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a, it, these are metaphors within the Bible that help us understand the, the love and the relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. So it's Jesus himself who installed that metaphor. And I understand the, the Catholic position that Jesus did a miracle there. I just don't agree mm-hmm. um, that that's what he did. And so that's the difference between the two. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you walking us through those things. I, I hope that both of our listeners are finding some clarity and some um, relational and loving uh, thoughts of how to pray and connect with those people that they're engaging. If you have questions you'd like us to engage here on the podcast, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or discover any more resources, you can reach out, let us know. We'd love to help you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Uh, and if you'd like to check out a group of people that are seeking after Jesus as wholeheartedly as we possibly can, You can always check us out here at Grace in person or even check us out online. Thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to see God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.